0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with John Thomas Flynn, who is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Ask the CIO, SLED edition on Federal News Network. Now your host, John Thomas Flynn. Welcome, everyone. Our guest today is Dennis Goulet, Commissioner at the Department of Information Technology, and Chief Information Officer for the State of New Hampshire. So welcome to Ask the CIO Sled Edition, our state and local show. Dennis, thanks to have you back.
1: Well, glad to be back. It's uh, it's always fun to share ideas with uh, with the community.
0: Yeah, and I guess you could say uh, you were on about 18 months ago, I think, one of our first shows on Federal News Network. And uh, I think we could uh, probably accurately say a lot's changed since then, right?
1: <laughs> Indeed, it has, and, and in, w- in many ways that we could never have expected. For oh, school.
0: I know. I just look I back. I remember saying, God, this is back in the you know back in March. Boy, this is the worst St. Patrick's Day I can ever remember, <laughs> 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 thinking that would be the end of it. Of course, then the worst Cinco de Mayo and Fourth of July, and geez, now I'm not even sure we're going to have a, a Halloween for the kids. Uh, well, that's a good place to start, Dennis. Uh, this certainly has uh, uh, involved the state CIO community like nothing since year 2000, uh, and even more so, frankly. So tell us about the impact that you've had in New Hampshire and the role of uh, you as commissioner and uh, as a
1: CIO for the state. Well, I'd be happy to. Uh, first of all, uh, we you know we were watching what was going on in China and thinking hmm what should we be getting ready for you know during that you know the the uh, early days in china and that kind of forward thinking helped us a lot i i asked my directors and key department heads to start thinking about what we would have to do to support a mass exodus of state workers from their offices to their homes and so we we got planning on that early which was was very helpful when the um, the stay-at-home orders came out in New Hampshire, and the governor was uh, advising that we, you know, we have as many people as we possibly can work from home, we were just slightly ahead of that um, in terms of our execution. We stayed ahead of it the whole time, but just barely. So that that helped us a lot in New Hampshire. Not only did we have to make sure that uh, state employees had the tools to work in a secure fashion protecting mm-hmm. citizen data at home but we had to um, scale our infrastructure for remote access very quickly as well to support you know many thousands more workers working remotely than we'd ever seen before so that was the that was kind of the kickoff of the whole thing and then it went from there but the you know moving everybody off site was the you know the very first thing we thought of
0: Mm Mm-hmm, you know, uh, we're going to talk about this at some length, but I've kind of gone on the record in talking to you and uh, your colleagues around the country uh, Not only in state government, but in local government as well about the role that the CIOs have played during this and actually the fact that they've become and their staffs have become essential workers just like first responders and healthcare uh, workers and certainly uh, it's one of the first times uh, that a lot of CIOs have had such uh, face-to-face uh, opportunities to discuss their role with their governor, because as you know, most state CIOs aren't members of the cabinet like you are, that have uh, regular access. And they may only see their governor at, uh, you know, retirees and and uh, and Christmas parties. So this is the first time I think in quite a while that so many CIOs have had that intense one-on-one conversations with their boss, the governor. Uh, about will they be able to continue operations and certainly I think overall and from my discussions with uh, These CIOs and with Doug Robinson at NACIO uh, Certainly, I think it's been CIOs the finest hour I think we're going to learn a lot more about that, of course, but I think they've really risen to the occasion. Don't you believe that, too?
1: Absolutely, um, I'm you know as in my role at NACIO, you know, I'm exposed to a lot of what's going on in, in around the country and um uh, You know, we saw uh, IT really deliver the goods in New Hampshire and around the country with respect to continuing to provide important citizen services during the um, initial response and and now recovery parts of the pandemic. So, uh, And we did it in record time. I, I know in New Hampshire, our governor had very high expectations for all of the agencies with respect to... Uh, very quickly scaling services to deliver um, for our citizens, which is, is appropriate. That's all of our jobs, and uh, I think also what a factor that I saw, and I think my peers would echo this, is that you know sometimes when you have a, a challenging times, it brings out the best in people, mm-hmm. and, and you collaborate more and better to, uh, to deliver on things, and and there's less uh, fewer things in the way, and and I, I saw that. You know, it was a human factors thing, but it really did come into play in New Hampshire and, and I think around the country with respect to adapting quickly, delivering the goods on IT solutions quickly, and taking those bumps in the road, which happen when you do things quickly, and moving on and and, and fixing them.
0: Mm-hmm. And and obviously, uh, this uh, work at home experience that we've all been through uh, on such a scale during this pandemic. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens as things finally get back to at least semi-normal over the next few months and hopefully into 2021. It's never going to be the same, is it? Things are going to be different when everybody gets back or whether they come back or not.
1: Well, it's true. I mean, initially, um, we were thinking in terms of, okay, you know, there'll be the great exodus and there'll be the great return. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so far we haven't seen a great return and i think it will vary somewhat uh by agency so for example um our state police in new hampshire and, and around the country never got the chance to work at home right they had roles that brought them into work every day and and many of our it folks had those type of roles too those folks who were supporting call centers for unemployment or public health or or the uh the folks that were um working on scaling up the uh, unemployment systems to handle unprecedented claims loads. All of that stuff was, uh, you know, required people to be there. Uh, The other factor that uh, we see, and, and, and we saw this in New Hampshire, we were working on expanding and maturing our telework policies. And right after we got announced it, Covid hit, and instead of kind of a carefully executed and slowly rolled out telework thing, we just went bam, and it worked a lot better than I than we thought it would. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, the uh, in fact, I just told my team. I had a virtual all staff meeting with my entire DOIT staff on last Friday, and I told them, look, you know, the governor expects us to deliver the goods from a citizen services perspective and we are delivering the goods with most of my folks working remote. And for that reason, I'll be extending our current uh, work profile through the end of the calendar year and possibly beyond, but at least through the end of the calendar year, because, you know, we just start, we're doing a good job that way for a lot of, a lot of IT roles lend themselves to doing that. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you were, you mentioned about the, uh, various emphasis, and one of the topics obviously has been uh, unemployment systems, which have taken a huge hit across the country uh, in terms of the, you know, the legacy systems that so many still have. How did that work in uh, New Hampshire? Were you able to gear up enough, or had you already modernized that particular
1: system so it wasn't such a bottleneck? Uh, Well, we were, we were, there there were really two areas that had to be dealt with, with respect to unemployment. One was the functionality to adapt to and deliver on the new policies as they evolved. And that's been an ongoing thing, you know, uh, just recently with the, with the executive order, for example, you know, the functionality might not have been there. So everybody had to deal with that. And additionally, the scaling, the volume scaling and, and their, You know, we had slowness issues right off the bat, but we were very fortunate in New Hampshire in that we had a a pretty well architected and fairly modern uh, application architecture that was very Mm -hmm. scalable. So we were able to, through configuration and adding capacity, we were able to scale up to the requirements of uh, our citizens in terms of the volume. And the volume... It was was really unprecedented uh, and, and, and still is very, very high. But um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, it was we were extremely fortunate because I know of other peers of mine who's, you know, had relatively uh, old, you know, uh, mm-hmm. non-re- non-relational databases that just, you know, they don't scale that well. You know, no matter how much beef you throw at them, you still, you know, you're going to hit a, a performance wall at some point. And, yeah, and
0: certainly... Places like California, I mean, it's in the news almost every day about the problems they've been having. I think they just put a moratorium on new claims just so they could get to uh, to the backlog. It's been a real challenge for sure. We're going to take a short break now, Dennis. Our guest today is Dennis Goulet, Commissioner at the Department of Information Technology and CIO at the State of New Hampshire. You're listening to Ask the CIO SLED Edition on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn. Welcome back to Ask the CIO Sled Edition on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn, and my guest today is Dennis Goulet, Commissioner at the Department of Information Technology and CIO at the state of New Hampshire. Uh, Dennis, before the break, we were talking about uh, specifically the impact of the pandemic on unemployment systems. And uh, fortunately, from what you're saying, it sounds like uh, New Hampshire kind of escaped uh, some of the bullets because your system was. Pretty well architected and, and uh, had the modern conveniences, if you will. Uh, let's move over a little bit. I want to talk to you about something you alluded to earlier. Uh, we lost uh, Eric Boyette earlier. Well, I guess it was at it the beginning of the year that he was reappointed in, in New Hampshire as a Department of Transportation Commissioner, and as a result, he had to what's uh, the word I'm looking for? Withdrawal from his presidency of NASIO and you as the vice president took over. Uh, very interesting that uh, you became president of NASIO. And I was just curious, so we have a, uh, a NASIO annual conference, virtual though it may be, coming up in just a few weeks, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, does your term expire in October, or do you have, uh, will you continue into 2021?
1: Well, first of all, I want to say that uh, I was very proud that uh, Eric Boyette the governor uh, in, in North Carolina uh, asked Eric Boyette to take over DOT because when a when an IT leader ascends to a business leadership position, that says something about the quality of that individual's leadership. It doesn't happen often, and I congratulate Eric uh, on that. Under the bylaws of NACIO, the uh, the vice president can take over the and, and fulfill the president's role throughout the term if that person's willing to, and I certainly was willing to. And um, I have put in a nomination to uh, do a full year term under the bylaws, that's allowable, because typically you only get to do a one year term, but when you're uh, backfilled the role in the previous year, you're allowed to do it again. So I think, you know, subject to a, a vote at our member business meeting, I would hope and expect that I will be NACIO president again for a full year hmm. Starting in October.
0: Oh, good. Well, that's nice. I mean, it's, I know that, uh, you know, our friend and your, our former colleague, uh, Rock Riggin from Connecticut, was the uh, president of NASIO during year 2000. And I was president of NASIO while CIO in California leading up to the year 2000 and also during the time when NASIO, actually NasAR, our predecessor organization, had a name change to um, NASIO, the Association of State CIOs. So it was interesting times. But certainly uh, your tour during this pandemic is something we'll be telling our grandchildren about, I think. It's really made us think a lot of different things, different way of seeing things. And I think nothing's ever going to be the same about it. The conference, unfortunately, one of the uh, victims of uh, the pandemic has been the in-person NASIO conferences. We lost the spring one and we lost the, uh, the fall one coming up in just a couple of weeks. But I think uh, the, organ, the program organization, uh, Mike Hussey from Utah and others, uh, you're including yourself, have really uh, geared up for this. Why don't you tell us about the upcoming NASIO conference? It's going to be a totally different format and uh, presentation for the attendees.
1: Well, first of all, I have to uh, commend the NASIO staff uh, for their ability to rapidly pivot and be creative in these dynamic situations. They've done a, Doug and his team have done a great job. One of the things that NASIO has built its success on is really being, uh, you know, serving the CI, state CIO community, but as well as serving the um, our vendor partners. And so as we were planning for the, the October event, we engaged our, our our vendor partner community on, you know, what would be valuable to them. During COVID, we've been speaking regularly to our state CIO community. So we really knew and we had a good sense for what they needed. So one of the things that we did was, um, you know, you really don't want like unlike an in-person event, you know, being in these things for eight or ten hours a day is is, you know, isn't gonna work. So we had to mm-hmm. adapt that. Um, We adapted the way we engage with, through sponsorships, the way we engage with our vendor partners so that there's, um, it simulates the level of exposure that you would get uh, potentially in an in-person event now. But, you know, and I say simulates because you just can't beat, I really miss being with uh, you know my fellow CIOs, all of the you know all of the friends I developed in the vendor community, and as well as the uh, folks in the press who who we speak to regularly. So I really miss that, but I, I feel like we're going to have a very engaging event in October, and I'm really look, looking forward to it. I mean, one of the things I was talking to uh, Doug Robinson about was usually the president gets you know after the. You know, by the last day, they're no longer emceeing the event because there's a new president. I won't have that benefit. So, (laughs) if if the CIOs, uh, you know, uh, elect the slate, I won't have that benefit, and I'll end up just rolling into the through the end of the conference. So, I want no rest for the wicked. I guess that's right. You can't
0: hit you can't hit the uh, bars till the final day
1: for sure. That's
0: right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, we really do miss. uh, You know, like I say, I've been going to. NASIO conferences and NASIR conferences since the mid-90s. So and only missed one or two during that time. So it very is very disappointing when you don't get together, especially to make those acquaintances and reacquaintances with the members and the vendors and the and the and the media. Like uh it's a, it's a great a great association. It's certainly been wonderful to see it mature over the quarter century I've been involved. Um I'd like to also talk about cybersecurity. I noticed that uh, your name in the news recently, in fact, uh, I believe it was last week or so that uh, your United States Senator uh, invited you to a cybersecurity uh, hearing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Well, it was um, the Senate Homeland Security, uh, Senator Senator Hassan, um, who's a ranking member on the, the Senate Homeland Security subcommittee, uh, ask for a hearing on cybersecurity and um you know I was asked to speak as president of of NASIO and uh, certainly with NASIO it's i think the uh a 7th or 8th year running uh, Cybersecurity is the number one priority for state cio so it's mm-hmm. it's it's uh, you know it's easy for us to speak about that and we're really advocating for, for well sadly we didn't get to that hearing didn't happen oh. uh, the, uh, all the hearings were canceled that day, um, and uh, we're rescheduling. Uh, we're working on rescheduling that hearing right now. So we we were eager to speak to and advocate for. NASIO was advocating for federal cybersecurity legislation in a number of areas, that includes um, you know gov domain making gov domain uh, more accessible, particularly to towns and cities who you know who uh, a registration fee. Would is a barrier to entry, um, and, and also having you know helping to understand the the improvements in, in safety and confidence, citizen confidence that come with a .gov domain uh, moniker. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, we're advocating for uh, you know we have been and will continue to advocate for a dedicated uh, cyber grant program. Um, in addition to the one that tends to go to departments of safety in states, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this one would be for IT uh, cyber. And uh, Senator Hassan herself has been um, been advocating for uh, the creation of uh, of a, a dedicated cyber coordinator for each state, which we also support and that that is, um, you know, that's a, a big jump from the regional coordinators who today are very strapped uh, even in a relatively small um, area like the Northeast, our, our regional coordinator is very strapped. So having a,
0: mm-hmm. a,
1: a state cyber coordinator would, would really be helpful. And, and but, but also, I mean, just the ability to engage with our uh, federal legislators and ha- help them understand what's going on in the states is really important because state CIOs, um, through their technology, deliver on, you know, a lot of federal programs through the federal dollars that flow. So it's it's Mm -hmm. a big deal. And I'm not, you know, and we really wanted to and look forward to having the opportunity to connect the dots on that for the members of the committee.
0: Yeah, and I I did see it was, you may have already referred to it, but actually I noticed that this week the United States House of Representatives passed the State and Local Cybersecurity Improvement Act. That's a $400 million annual uh, grant to... uh, directed by a Department of Homeland Security to distribute to the states and annually and also uh, lo- locally uh, and I know it, it hasn't gone to the Senate yet but is that one of the ones one of the grants you're referring to yes sir yeah well certainly that would be uh, that would be awfully attractive for uh, jumpstarting some of the initiatives
1: that you're talking about yes that that kind of dedicated funding stream because the uh, you know our uh, NACIO's recent uh, cybersecurity survey that had um, very high level participation by state chief information security officers, even though they were in the midst of you know, battling the pandemic, um, it, it became clear that we just need to invest more and, and more steadily in cyber in state and local governments, and particularly as states become more involved. With assisting the political subdivisions within their state uh, because they have even though state resources are very strapped uh, the counties cities and and um, town governments tend to be even more strapped and have less fewer resources to apply but we that have the same mission of protecting citizen data and protecting the services that are being delivered to citizens
0: mm-hmm. well it's certainly uh, interesting times we live in for sure. Uh, I look forward to seeing you at the uh, virtually uh, in a couple of weeks at the NACIO virtual annual conference. But with that, we'll have to conclude our program today. I want to thank our guest Dennis Goulet, Commissioner at the Department of Information Technology and Chief Information Officer for the State of New Hampshire. And thank you for listening. Content from this state and local program, which also includes curated news and original articles by yours truly and other more esteemed authors, part of the recently expanded AskTheCIO.com. Hope you can join us again each Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time or listen to a podcast afterwards. Until then, bye for now. I'm John Thomas Flynn. You've been listening to Ask the CIO, Sled Edition with John Thomas Flynn on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.